Good to see you this morning. Glad that you're here. Again, if you're a guest of ours, we are especially honored to have you worshiping with us today. And I want to commend you for being here today. You picked a good day to be here. You know, it's always a good day to get together and worship, but today's kind of a special day here at Bay Area. We're, we did this last year. We're, we're celebrating, we're recognizing all of our very newest uh, family members here at Bay Area, all the children that were born in 2016. And so we're going to do that a little bit later today. Um, we're planning on doing it again next year. So some of you need to get busy. Uh, we, always, we actually already have a pretty good start on next year. In fact, we've got a couple babies that are born not quite old enough to be out and about yet. So, uh, so we're, we're thankful for that. Yeah, well, yeah, all us granddads are like, hey, a little bit busy, yeah. I want you to, though, before, before you check out on me, before you say, okay, I don't have kids, you know, this is not my season of life, I want to challenge you to, to stay with me this morning, because really what I want to share with you at this time of the, the worship service, I think applies as much to all of us, no matter what season of life we might be in, as it does to new families or or new parents, so I challenge you to stay with me. And I want to begin, though, by kind of reminding all of us how difficult it is to raise new babies. Now, we're going to get to how wonderful it is in just a minute, but I want to start to, by reminding those of us who maybe haven't done that in a while just how much work it is when you bring a new baby home. And to do that, I want to share a couple tweets with you. Uh, some things that were tweeted out by brand new parents and about brand new parents. So those of you who are new parents probably won't find this funny at all. But, uh, but here you go. This from Exploding Unicorn tweeted this. I accidentally dripped some mustard on my newborn daughter's forehead and long story short, a nurse just walked in and saw me lick the baby. <laughs> Moody Monday tweets this. Friend, showing baby photos, me. Ah, yes, very baby. But really, what do you say when people show you pictures of their babies, right? Um, this from Ryan Reynolds. Nothing better than spending an entire morning staring into my baby daughter's eyes saying, I can't do this. Here's another from Exploding Unicorn. Finally gets the car seat installed correctly. Me, where's the baby? Wife, in college. And coming from a pretty new grandfather, I've got to tell you, car seats, strollers, high chairs, they're not made like they were 25 years ago. Pretty high tech. Uh, Luana Wiles at Mommy Shorts tweets this. Asked to switch seats on a plane because I was sitting next to a crying baby. Apparently that's not allowed if the baby's yours. <laughs> Saucy Kensington at, Mommy, or at Crazy Book, Book Crazy tweets this. Sorry, I said, nice phone, when you showed me a picture of your baby. What do you think? Ooh, nice phone. Daddy Jew tweeted this. I don't think the lady who just shushed a baby in the library knows how babies work. Tina, Tina B tweeted, me, oh, your baby's so cute. How old? Woman, thanks, she's 34 weeks. Do you have the time? Me. Sure, 972 minutes past midnight. Which I appreciate that one. You know, moms, when I ask how old your baby is, I don't want to have to do math. Okay? 
And then finally, this one from Papula Papito, picks up crying baby. It's fine, buddy. When you grow up, you'll learn how to do this on the inside. Now, I guess the takeaway from those tweets is the fact that raising children is difficult. Raising kids is hard. I'm going to go ahead and sound like that old man and say it. Raising kids has always been hard. It's always been difficult. It's always been hard work. I don't know if it's harder now than it used to be. It's certainly different than it used to be, but it's always been difficult. It's always been hard work. That's why it's so important that we don't try to do it alone. That's why it's so important that we have a support system around us as we're trying to raise our children. That we have other people who are helping us. People who are encouraging us and inspiring us. That's why it's so important for us as parents to, to listen to God. To focus on God. To depend on God as we're trying to teach these brand new babies, these, these additions to our family, how to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So today I want to talk a little bit about the awesome responsibility that we all have, as well as some opportunities that we all have uh, when it comes to helping parents. And I want to do it through the lens of prayer. I've entitled this lesson, For This Child I Have Prayed. Now, even if you don't go to church very often, even if you don't read the Bible very much, you recognize that phrase as coming from the Bible. It's one of those catchphrases that you hear a lot, especially around the birth of babies. For this child, I have prayed. Now, when your child is graduating from high school, they're going to be inundated with cards and notes and picture frames that say, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And people know that's from the Bible somewhere. Well, when they're born... You're inundated with cards and notes and picture frames that say, for this child I have prayed. And most people recognize, okay, that's in the Bible somewhere. Now, if you have gone to church a lot, you know where that is from in the Bible. And we're going to talk about that context a little bit this morning. It was spoken by a mom. Spoken by a mother by the name of Hannah. Hannah's is a very interesting story. Found in the first part of the book of 1 Samuel. It's an Old Testament story. Hannah is a wonderful woman. From the outside looking in, she seems to have a wonderful life. She's blessed with a husband who loves her very much. Not only does her husband love her, but her husband loves the Lord as well. You know, after several years of marriage, some husbands kind of start to take their wives for granted. Not Hannah's husband. Her husband was very loving, very attentive to her. He was the kind of husband that other wives, you know, kind of rib their, their husbands and say, why can't you be more like him? Why can't you be more like Hannah's husband? He loved his wife. In fact, there were some people who were very close to Hannah who were a little bit jealous of the relationship that Hannah had to her husband. But if you remember her story, the one thing that Hannah wanted more than anything else, the one thing that was sort of Hannah's heart's desire was she wanted to be a mother. More than anything else, Hannah wanted to be a mom. And for whatever reasons, it sort of became obvious that that wasn't in the plans. She and her husband tried for a long time to have children, and, and she wasn't able to have children. And it seems as if that's the cruelest blow that could have been struck to Hannah. Her husband, his name's Elkanah, by the way, he made it clear to her that 
it didn't matter that she couldn't bear children. That he loved her for who she was. In fact, he told his wife, ten children wouldn't make up for one you. And he meant it. That's how devoted he was to his wife. But still, she couldn't escape this feeling of being incomplete. And this feeling of being unfulfilled. So, I'm going to pick up her story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And if you've got your Bibles open there, I'm going to start reading in verse 9. I'll read a few verses, and again, it's going to sound very familiar to most of you. Once when they were at Shiloh, Hannah went over to the tabernacle after supper, after supper to pray to the Lord. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord Almighty, if you'll look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I'll give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he's been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So Hannah is praying to God. She's pouring her heart out. The rest of the text tells us that her mouth is moving, but no sound is coming out. And Eli, the priest, is watching this woman, and he concludes, this lady's drunk. Now, how did she even get in here? You know, wandering in here and sitting down, and, and, and now she's, you know, she's drunk. And he calls her out on it. Lady. In fact, he says, put your wine away. And Hannah tells Eli the priest, sir, I am not drunk. I am in anguish. I am pouring my heart out before the Lord. My heart is broken. And I'm praying to God. Eli the priest tells her in verse 17, In that case, cheer up. May the God of Israel grant the request you've asked of Him. Thank you, sir, she explained. Then she went back and began to eat again and was no longer sad. Well, we know the story that God was paying attention. God was listening. And nine months later, Hannah gives birth to a little boy. She names him Samuel a name that means a gift from God. She returns to the tabernacle, to the priest, with her little gift from God in tow. And we're told in verse 26 of chapter 1, and she said, O oh my Lord, talking to the priest, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I have prayed. And the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. For this child, I have prayed. Question, at what point did Hannah begin praying for her child? She actually began praying for her child before that child was even conceived. In fact, she actually begins praying for a child before it seems likely or even possible that she could have a, a child, that she could give birth. Some of the most solid parenting advice I can give anyone is to follow the example of Hannah. A woman who believed in God. A woman who believed that God cared about what she cared about. And a woman who believed when she prayed, God was paying attention. And a woman who believed that when she prayed, God went to work. That God did something. So Hannah says, I'm going to pray early, I'm going to pray often. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put it in God's hands. My wife Martha likes to tell the story, substantiated by her mother, I might add, that on the day she was born, 
Martha's mother began praying for her little girl's husband the day she was born. And Martha sees it as no coincidence that almost exactly nine months later, I was born. 800 miles away. And 23 years later, we're married. 34 years after that, we're still married. And every single day from the day she was born up until, and I am sure including today, Martha's mother has prayed for her and she's prayed for me. Last week we got to spend a little bit of time with Martha's mom. She's 94 years old. She doesn't stand five feet tall. But she is a giant when it comes to someone who prays. Never, never, never underestimate the power of a praying parent. Never underestimate the power of a mom or a dad who prays to God about their children. And Hannah doesn't just pray for a child. Hannah prays that she would give that child back to the Lord. Look at the very next verse. Verse 28. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And they worship the Lord there. This guy Samuel, this little boy who goes into a man, Samuel, one of the, one of the great men of God in all of Scripture, Samuel, one of the few people that you really don't find anything negative written about him. Samuel, the last great judge of Israel. The mentor to King David. The mouthpiece, the spokesperson, the, the, the prophet of God. Four different times he's referred to in Scripture simply as the man of God. And everybody knows that they're talking about Samuel. Do you think his mother's prayers had anything to do with the kind of man that Samuel became. He was a man dedicated from birth to the Lord. What sort of got me to thinking, what do we dedicate our children to? Because we dedicate our children to all kinds of things. Very good things, very noble things. You know, we dedicate our children to academics. Rightfully so. Before they can talk, we're giving them you know, little games to help them to learn. They start school, we want them to have the best teachers and the best classes. You know, we want them to do their homework because we know how important that is. We dedicate our children to athletic endeavors, we, to, to music, to, to all kinds of things that are good and all kinds of things that are right because we want them to be successful and we want them to be happy. Hannah dedicated her child to the Lord. What does that even look like? What does that mean? Let's go back and look at the text for a minute. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. Samuel, though only a child, was the Lord's helper and wore a little linen robe just like the priests. As a little boy, Samuel was involved in God things. Three verses later, meanwhile Samuel grew up in the service of the Lord. He was dedicated to God. His mom saw to that. Five verses later, and the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and with men. Samuel grew in stature and in favor with God and man. Ooh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? That sounds like somebody else who had a pretty uh, pointed uh, spiritual focus. It's what Scripture says about Jesus in the New Testament. Samuel's mother made sure that a 
spiritual focus was part of his maturation process. In fact, it was the focus of Samuel's maturing. If you want a child like Samuel, you need to be a parent like Hannah. You need to be a parent who believes in God, who trusts in God, who prays to God for something that's important to her and realizes that as much as she loved that little boy, God loves him more. By the way, if you think that Hannah quit praying for her son when she hands him back over to the priest, think again. We're not going to look at it this morning, but the first part of chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, beautiful prayer, prayed by Hannah about the, the birth of her son and God's goodness in all of that. And by the way, it is very similar to another prayer prayed in the book of Luke when a girl named Mary finds out that she's going to give birth to a son as well. Some of the most passionate, heartfelt prayers anywhere in Scripture are prayed by women. If you want to have a child like Samuel, you need to be a parent like Hannah. You need to be a parent who prays for their children early and often. We need to be a church family who prays for our children, prays often for our children. That's part of what we're doing here today. To thank God for His goodness and to bring these families and these precious little souls and hearts before Him. And kind of transitioning that, I've got a video that I want to show you. Kind of an introduction to the babies that have been born to our family in 2016. So, Matt, if we could show that video. Watch this. See if it doesn't put a smile on your face. <laughs> 